Welcome back to Kettlebells and Cocktails, my besties on vacation. So meet the new Nikki, Lauren Khalil. <laughs> oh no, I could never replace Nikki. She's too cool. <laughs> I know. I just on the off chance Nikki actually listens to this, I want her to go, what the fuck? What? What are you I'm already replaced. <laughs> yeah. We had a running, we had a running off the air joke about that uh, from time to time that you know when she was on maternity, I'd have whoever subbing. And, you know, I, there were several that I was calling the new Nikki, but they're all friends of hers. Like people like she helped pick and <laughs> helped recruit to do it. You know, it's like, oh, Dev, you know, Steph Chong was a regular. She was on all. Oh, the yeah. And we love Steph. And she's, you know, really smart and funny and quick on her feet, which you have to do for all of this. And um, I was always calling her the new Nikki or the next Nikki. <laughs> Nikki made her way back. She's doing it all now. <laughs> Thank God. I can't do this alone. Yes. <laughs> She couldn't leave you hanging, John. <laughs> I know. Well, we're going to talk about you tonight, not me, but I'm sure we probably have some similar stories around that. So, uh, I well, believe it. Welcome to the show. First time on. This is fun. I know. This is great. You guys, I've been a big fan of the show since before the whole rebranding and renaming. And, um, like Nikki has always been somebody who I've followed in the CrossFit space because her and I have similar backgrounds, how she used to be like in local TV was an anchor. And I was like, wow, that's so cool that she was able to like branch out and make her way into the CrossFit space. So then seeing you two collab and, you know, now be your own podcast and stuff, I think it's just, it's so cool. And it genuinely is entertaining. Dude, I am, I am so lucky to be partnered up with Nikki. We, uh, we became <laughs> fast friends early on and I just asked her to sub. Like I had this, uh, I had this a different co-host when I started and it's mm. dude Chad and he's a great dude and friend and, and he's close to the Panchex, which is how I knew him. And the funny story is the podcast was actually going to be me, Chad, Saxon and Spencer. We're all going to co-host it. It was be like a round table kind of thing. And, you know, we were talking about the software. You can't get athletes to do shit. So like, you know, <laughs> and I say that with love, like, you know, everything seems sometimes. Like a great, yeah. Everything <laughs> seems like a great idea. You look at the calendar and realize you got to eat six meals a day and still train four hours a day. Like those guys do. <laughs> So I could never pin them down and Chad was always busy and I, he and I both worked day jobs. So it was like never worked out. Well, anyway, I met Nikki and had her come on the show a few times to do some CrossFit news. And it was like the first time we were on the air together. It was just like, we'd known each other for decades, you know, oh, and, that's such a great feeling when yeah, you meet somebody fun. like that, who you can just connect with and you already act like best friends when you don't even really know that much about each other, at least from like your actual interactions. I knew she was crazy. I, you know, I can spot a crazy person. I think that honestly, all of us are a little bit crazy. You can't be <laughs> in this space, working in this space or anything in this space without having like a couple screws loose. <laughs> well, that, you know, the thing for me was, it's like, I'd never done any kind of media ever. I uh, never even considered it. And, um, I wanted somebody that knew what you guys do, you know, and could like, <laughs> could carry the weight of the interview. While I sat there and gave my snarky comments. You know, so it's all about the balance. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we got guests in the chat tonight, by the way. Hey, Bruce, Bruce is on the Batman. Bruce, Bruce, we all Bruce know is, is a great pump up man for all of the, the YouTube comment com, <laughs> uh, content that everybody puts out. <laughs> I know I, I was going to say I need a pump up man, but I'm not sure that come off right. Um, <laughs> so. I was curious, I was curious, like, as I was thinking about what we we're going to talk about tonight, um, mm -hmm. you know, like I just kind of gave my mini story into CrossFit media. Like, how'd you find yourself here? 
Oh my gosh. Um, I stumbled and face planted here. <laughs> it's weird because I didn't really know that I was looking for this. I, I knew that I loved CrossFit and I knew that my passion for local television was dwindling. And I had my television contract coming up. I'm not sure how much like Nikki has spoken like publicly about like television contracts and how binding they actually are like specific companies that you work for. The one that I worked for, if you broke your contract and like just left for, you know, I want to get out of the business. I want to pursue another um, job. Like unless it's specifically written in your contract, they are going to sue the crap out of you for more money than you've ever been worth. So I knew that my contract was coming up and I just could not resign. Otherwise that was three more years of my life that I was doing something that I wasn't all in. And about five months before my contract came up, I, you know, I had subscribed to the morning chalk up, but, you know, always came in my inbox the way that it does with so many of us. And just kind of blindly, I decided to message, um, Justin LaFranco, he, he's the founder, CEO of the company, whatever. And I was like, Hey, um, do you guys have any jobs? <laughs> like, here are my credentials. I don't know if this like is in line with what you guys do. I'm like, I, I did a lot of sports, but you know, the football, basketball, you know, hockey, the more mainstream sports, never CrossFit. Um, when it came to like sports coverage and uh, eventually I just started writing for them part-time and that's where the relationship kind of grew. And I really was able to explore that this could be a potential space for me. This was an outlet that I had been looking for, but I didn't really know that I was ever looking for it. I just knew that I needed to get out of the um, like work situation that I was in and I needed to find a new one that didn't feel like work. And right now it, it it doesn't. Sure. I'm sure you can relate. Like there are weeks and days that are so stressful and you're trying to get everything scheduled. And when people cancel on you and then it throws a wrench in your day and you're like, oh my goodness, like I need to produce all of this content and it's not working right now. But at the end of the day, what we're doing is so much fun. I love it. The games are the craziest week of the year, but it's like, the most fun I have for only getting like three hours of sleep per night. <laughs> and I'm somebody who loves 10 hours of sleep. So for me to say that is, is big. <laughs> I was joking around with somebody. I got my media pass this weekend. I was like, man, they, they just continue to let anybody into this place. Like you just, <laughs> you just tell them you're media and apparently you are. That's how it goes. I was, I was convinced I wasn't getting one this year. And then there, really? why? Oh, you, you remember I spoiled the open. <laughs> I thought that for sure would get me banned, but no, apparently not. So, well, <laughs> to be fair, it was, they spoiled it. I just let it out of the bag a little early. Exactly. You weren't the one that actually like found the, the dirty laundry. You just aired it out. <laughs> how, how hard is that? Um, you know, I'm in all the comment section like everybody else. I kind of see all the – it doesn't matter what morning chalk up posts. You know, there's just going to be a counter view in the comments. But I think there's a balance between um, – actually, actually, I'm going to rephrase that. There's an imbalance. There's a uh, 
there's a difficulty as a CrossFitter who loves to CrossFit and loves to do this day in and day out and loves the athletes. And, but you still come across stuff that you're like, it's got to be told, <laughs> you know, like how is that? Do you find that hard? Or are you able to separate yourself from, from that piece? Like from the emotional connection to the sport versus like journalism. Yeah, maybe, you know, and, and then the second part of the question is, you know, then you got to deal with people shouting in the comments that what you're saying is fake news. Yeah. Uh, that part has always bothered me because especially when I worked in local television, I don't think people realize that whatever, and this might be like a separate tangent, so I'll try to make it quick, but there's a point to it. So with local television, there's an affiliate. So whether it's like the NBC affiliate, the Fox affiliate, whatever, it doesn't mean that it works the same as the actual networks. Like your local affiliate doesn't really have an agenda. Like they're, they're, they really are trying to like be as balanced as possible. At least most of my experience was like that. I can't say that it was like that way towards the end of my career in local TV, but um, like you genuinely try to go out and get both sides of the story. But sometimes you know, people don't respond to you. They don't get back to you. They uh, say no comment. Like they don't want to share their side for whatever reason. So as a journalist, you're just providing the facts and the info you have. So whether it's local news in your area or CrossFit news, I genuinely never have a motive when I'm looking for a story or when I'm reporting a story. I'm a fact seeker. That's why I got into journalism because I... I want to see what the truth is or a truth seeker rather. Um, so when people say that it's fake news or like this has like an underlying agenda or whatever it is, it does get under my skin right. and it's hard to not, I'm sure, you know, it's hard to not like go through and read comments, especially on social media or Reddit. I'm, I like try not to go on Reddit at all because in my opinion, that's, where the trolls of the trolls of the internet go to complain. <laughs> <laughs> I hate Reddit so much. I I hate Reddit. I, I hate, hate it and I love it. it. <laughs> I, I I hate interacting in it and I hate it when my name is mentioned on it. But I love oh, everyone yeah. else's drama. So <laughs> right. If you're not involved, it's yeah. entertainment. But if you're yeah. involved, then it could crush your week. <laughs> it absolutely has a few times, more than once. Yeah, but it, it's so hard because I'm passionate about what I do. I I feel like I never have like ill will when I'm reporting a story and I'm not trying to like expose someone. This isn't politics. Like I'm not trying to catch you in a lie. I promise. Um, so it's, it's hard, especially when I genuinely love CrossFit and the ecosystem and everything with affiliates and, you know, I want, I want what's best for the community. Yeah. I, I struggle with it from time because I do too. Like I love CrossFit mm -hmm. so much. I was looking at my own notes today of like my <laughs> 11, you know, I've been doing this 11 years now and I'm looking back at workouts mm. I did over a decade ago, you know, and it's, and it makes me love the community even more because then I start thinking back of all those relationships I've had, you know, so I don't want ill. will for anyone i am not a journalist i just i just make memes i make fun of people you know <laughs> and i like to talk like that's the where i separate it and so it's just it's just weird you know it's a weird space to be in i think 
I think so too. And especially, yeah, like you said, you, you, you're not a journalist. You're here having fun. Like, I think that you have become a journalist in the sense that you're interviewing people, you're asking them questions, you're doing that kind of stuff in this space and you got your media credentials. So John, that certainly says something. (laughs) Maybe fear on their part. I don't, I'm not sure what it says. I have no idea. No idea. I am but I think always, the more people we have in the space that are genuine and really want what's best, I mean, I think it just keeps pushing the needle in the right direction. Well, you've been, you've been facilitating a lot of those conversations and uh, the Morning Chalk Up podcast, and you had me on a couple of times even, which, you know, questioned your sanity, but... Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, think, you were fun. <laughs> I think you guys have done a good job of asking the hard questions, letting people talk it out, and I like that format of you know hey let's have a couple of people and see if they're opposing views or maybe not but let people talk it out is that your idea is that justin's like who's who came up with that one so initially it was it was justin's um and nikki even did a little bit of it with him a couple of years mm-hmm. ago with the bottom line and it's kind of off of this structure where you want it to be a, a kind of a debate between the topics or based on a topic, I would say the one thing it sometimes is really hard to find two people with opposing views that want to, um, come forth to share their opposing views because even like, just to give people a a peek behind the curtain before I start the segments, like none of ours are live besides like some recap shows that we do live, but all of our bottom line segments are recorded. So we jump on the call. We do a little bit of a debrief. Hey, here are some of like the topics that um, we're going to cover. And people will say off camera before we hit record, like, oh, this is how I really feel. But I'm not going to express like exactly how I feel on camera. You know, this is just so you know, but I'm probably going to filter it a bit because I think people are afraid of like pushback of being so open about some of these topics. And especially if it's the flip of the coin that not many people agree about, or maybe many people do agree with the other side of the topic, but just nobody wants to talk about it. I wish more people would. And particularly in our space, because I think we're all far more similar than we're not. And mm-hmm. we tend to get pigeonholed in these, like I get called woke a lot. That's everyone's favorite word for me, which doesn't bother me for whatever that's worth. But, <laughs> but I think it's because people don't really know what I believe in. Like I don't do enough of those interviews and n- nor do I really care to for whatever that's worth. But, um, but yeah, I think we pigeonhole people based on what we think of them, you know, mm-hmm. and then that becomes, you know, people only spend so much time on the internet and they're consuming a lot of stuff. So they don't really circle back and figure out who you really are most times, you know, it's just. Well, it's so hard because with the internet and social media, you can literally mute channels that you don't want to see their stuff anymore. So you can just have your feed being only the things that you agree with. So you're never, you're possibly never exposed to the other side. Well, I think about that a lot. Do you guys struggle to find people that, you know, I mean, you want a varied, you know, constantly varied, you want constantly varied conversation, you know, like, do you guys struggle to find it or is, you know, the community so similar, it's hard to do sometimes. It kind of depends. I mean, we've over the past, I would say like five or six months, we've built a roster of more people who, you know, we, we trust to be reliable with good, thought provoking conversations. Um, but it, it sometimes is hard to 
to see where people's minds are about certain topics. I try to vet a little bit like, hey, looking to do a bottom line segment on this topic. What are your thoughts? So I can kind of gauge which side of the coin they're on um, to then try to look for the opposing side so that it is a more interesting conversation. But I would say it a lot of the times it is hard to really find two people who want to be public about their opposing views that there are a cer- certain groups of people that we rely heavy on um, because they, they like to come. <laughs> They're punctual. <laughs> they sound good. They look good. You know, all of those other things that obviously make a show um, good and easily to listen to or watch whatever. Uh, so, so I'm curious to see like where the show can go as we reach more exposure and maybe um, reach some other people that, that maybe they'll reach out to me and say, Hey, I have a really um, strong opinion about this topic. I would love to talk about it. I would love to get to the point where, where people are seeking us out to use us as a platform in that way. You know, it's felt like in the last, or at least to me in the last few weeks, uh, you know, when they, you know, Dave's back, they've had, they announced the interim CEO, um, you know, games has kind of wrapped up now that the LCQ is over. Like I just, I, I get this sense that people are feeling, better about the community. It feels less toxic to me right now than it has in the last 24 months. Are you guys, are you feeling that as you're interviewing people and talking to people or is that, am I just losing my mind? Um, <laughs> no, I don't think you're losing your mind. I think that that's an accurate depiction, especially as we get closer to the games, because people are super hyper-focused right now on the games, because that's the exciting time in the sport where um, some of the, conversations about you know holding people accountable for like judging penalties that kind of stuff obviously the further we advance in the season the more professional that stuff gets so you don't um you don't hear about it as much because it seems like there's not as many issues but I am curious after the games what type of conversations start circulating circulating again what do you think of this movement? You, I mean, you, you kind of alluded to it, and I could only think of Hiller, who I know. And you know, you mentioned his name; it's like Beetlejuice. He's going to show up in the kind <laughs> chat. So I'm I'm cautious to say his name out. Just don't say it three times, and you're fine. Um, <laughs> but what do you think of this? Like, I hate to call it a new movement because you know, bluntly, mm-hmm. Armin Hammer was doing this a couple of years ago, and then yeah. he retired. He wouldn't have had a baby and retired on <laughs> it. You know, and now you've kind of got this um, new wave of. Um, I don't want to call it criticism because that doesn't feel fair or, you know, mm-hmm. completely balanced to what I'm trying to say, but that's often what I, how I think people take it to some degree. And it's certainly different than, you know, any of the other shows we've seen within CrossFit for a while. Any take on it? Like, is it, I don't even know what the right question is again. This is no. Yeah. It's, it's tough because I, don't know that we've really ever seen somebody like him in our space to just be so um, like he is in your face. But yeah. that's kind of the point. At, at least I think that was like the intent with him. You know, even some of the um, clickbaity uh, headlines that he puts, I think that was the point. But he's done a really good job of getting people to watch his content. And some of it has brought... I think value in the sense of highlighting certain topics that I think have kind of always been in the space, but again, nobody has really uh, talked about or maybe just like not in such a public way that he has. I think that, you know, he monetized off of 
you know, giving people content that nobody else was talking about. And he did it in a way that, you know, could serve as an entertainment value for people in the CrossFit space. Do I think that like some of the videos might be, I'm trying to think of like the right way to explain it. Just, I think that sometimes like they're so immediate with the topics that sometimes maybe you don't get all of the details. Um, so I think that maybe a couple of the videos do fall short in that sense. And it's tough because, you know, people are consuming all of this content and you want it to all be true. (laughs) And sometimes, and sometimes it's not. And again, like, I know like when you go through the channels to get things confirmed, you could sometimes be waiting up to a week to get those answers you want. And if you're a content creator and trying to pump out information, you're not going to wait a week. You might not even have the right contacts to find the answers that you're looking for. So um, I think that it's definitely created an interesting conversation in the space, having um, all of these videos that he's constantly putting out. Puts out a lot of stuff. Uh, Yeah. I guess my, I like Andrew. Uh, you know, I don't know him super well, but I, we talk from time to time. And I think yeah. intention for whatever that's worth. Um, and and before he creates a video saying, I've never seen a show, I've seen a show. So just throw that out there. <laughs> it's actually less about him and just more about like, the, I feel like the community, like even in the, when I was in uh, the games chat during um, semis, you know, yeah. I felt like there were a lot of people in there like looking for, and you know, maybe it's just the nature of a sport, but it, it almost looked like they were looking to make it bigger than it was not just an athlete making a mistake. You know, it just, mm-hmm. I just, I worry about that a little for the sport, but maybe I should think the opposite direction and think, Hey, maybe it's actually becoming a sport that people care so much. I don't know. I don't know which is better. I kind of look at it, look at it, the way that people go crazy over like a penalty in football or like a flag in football. If you look at comment sections, like during a a big NFL game or a playoff game or something, the same thing is happening. So the way, even though as somebody who tries to look at the glass half full and I'm like, Oh, like I really don't want to like look for the bad things right now. I just want to enjoy watching CrossFit because I love it so much. I do think that maybe like having more of these conversations where it almost looks like, bitching and complaining it it kind of puts it on the same playing field as other sports yeah i agree with that i um i'm excited to see where it's going i think we you know i'm as guilty as the next guy for forgetting you know crossfit games has only been around for a decade really you know like it's not like major (laughs) league baseball and they've been doing this for 150 years you know right right a little different (laughs) yeah and and you know we've got all these young kids coming up now like and they're truly it's crazy you know like i mean they're the age of my daughters you know and just uh it just blows my mind how far it's come in such a short amount of time i can only imagine where it's going to be a decade from now you know can you imagine if you grew up with crossfit like if that was your sport Oh, I was just talking to somebody about this. Yes, I can absolutely imagine. I didn't do shit till I was forty. You know, it's like I. Look Wait, you didn't play it. any sports growing up in like high look school, college. college? Guitars. This is how I thought I'd get women. Well- <laughs> I was wildly wrong on both counts for whatever. Oh no! Yeah, wildly wrong. Um, yeah, I wanted to be a musician, so I wasn't working out. I, uh, but I look back on it and think, man, you know, if I had found this when I was eighteen or twenty. 
and, you know, such an efficient way to work out. And I, you know, this will be shocking, but I'm an A type personality. So I'm kind of wired to overdo things, you know, and so I would, and I've always been that way. So I would have done the same thing then, you know, be great. I mean, I would have never you would made be a games game. athlete. No, 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 no. <laughs> Don't let anybody give, tell you that lie. Like, Oh, if you just work out hard enough, you be a games athlete. No, but it's not for everyone. It's yeah, not. Yeah. I do not have the DNA for it. Sorry, mom and dad. Um, <laughs> But I do think I'd be infinitely healthier. Not that I'm unhealthy, mm-hmm. but, you know, I just, I'd like to think that, you know, the things that, you know, are issues for me at this age wouldn't, you know, maybe my mobility would be better had I worked on mm-hmm. it in my 30s, you know, or 20s, right. or maybe even now, maybe if I just worked on it now, <laughs> that would help. Too. I don't think anybody really works on mobility. I mean, I think that some people do, but I know that I don't. <laughs> I know, right? I should. Yeah. Here, well, how about the, I mentioned it earlier in the question, but I didn't really hit on it as a topic. How do you feel about Dave coming back? That was unexpected. It's so crazy because I had heard like rumblings, but I don't know if they were even rumblings more as like rumors. Um, like I would say a couple months after it all happened. Right. Um, and mind you, when Dave got fired, I was at, I was in Florida for my brother's wedding and I had gone to bed super early because the next day was just going to be full of like family, you know, wedding stuff. And I woke up to in my like group morning chalk up like messenger thing to like 45 or I'm sorry, like 75 missed messages. And the group like chat was labeled like Dave Castro fired. And I'm just like, somebody is pranking me. There's no way that this is happening. Like what is going on? So I feel like it was just such a whirlwind. And then when I heard that he was coming back, I didn't, I didn't really know if I believed it because, and again, I've never personally met Dave um, in person. I've had like a couple like small encounters, like at a press conference at the games, but he has no idea, you know, who I am. Um, like he wouldn't remember that encounter. There were so many other people asking questions, but so then when I heard that he was coming back, I was just thinking of like, who do I know Dave is from like an outside perspective. And he seems like such this like alpha person, which I do think he is that there's no way that after being fired by CrossFit, that he's going to come back. There's no way. Um, but I do think it says something about his character that he did come back and that he's working with affiliates. I think that that kind of sheds like a little more light onto who he is. Um, and again, that's just from like the outside looking in. This is no conversation I've had with him. So if if I'm wrong, I apologize. But it's it's interesting. I don't think you're wrong. I I would just say, though, the ultimate alpha move is coming back after the guy that fired you was was booted. You know, so he may have kept his alpha status. I don't know that. I mean, I don't know any of the details. That's a good point. (laughs) This is all opinion based. No one sue me, please. Um, I was excited when he came back. I didn't believe it either, though. I had heard rumblings for a while. You know, I've got Mm -hmm. no tons of affiliate owners and they've all been around forever. And they're like, oh, here Dave's coming back, and you know, I'm being my typical, no way, not coming back. Like, there's no chance. <laughs> I'm being incredulous. So, but then I start making calls because, as much as I get accused of being in cahoots, I actually know a few people, so I'm a little cahooty. <laughs> and I was texting, <laughs> texting people, including people at Morning Chalk Up, to see if I could get dirt. 
And everyone, yeah. everyone was saying the same thing. We, yeah, we're hearing rumblings too, but you know, mm-hmm. no one can confirm it, you know? And, uh, and then, yeah, you know, when the story came out, I was like, what the hell? Like, I hear it's my real opinion on it. As happy as well as Dave came back, I'm like, it's so typical CrossFit to let somebody else break that story. Like they knew he was coming back. They rehired him. They should have like had a press conference and, and wheeled him out and made, you know, thrown a party. I don't know what you give, you know, give a seal for a party, but <laughs> right. you know, own that story. And instead of let somebody else tell it, it's just so yeah. typical CrossFit, you know. It seems like that was a lot though, that, yeah, and I, th- and I think that's why I know that morning chalk up has been called, um, oh, what do they say? What did they say? Um, that it's like the <laughs> mouthpiece of CrossFit. Right. And I'm just, I, I, I can see where that can be a perception in the sense that, yeah, we were, we were the ones that announced Dave was coming back. Why didn't right. CrossFit do it? But that's more or less just because, well, if, we don't tell anybody who's going to announce this. <laughs> I think you guys are a little bit in a hard space and some of it's self-created and it's just the nature of the community. So I'm not, it's not a shot at Justin. Um, I just look at it from the outside and go, you know, so if CrossFit's going to give it to you, you are fairly their mouthpiece because you don't have anybody else you can go to and say, Hey, is this information right? It's just a press release from CrossFit, but it, you yeah. have no way of coming off any way other than you're delivering their news, which you want to do because you guys sell ad spaces, you know? So it's like, it's a, for sure. it's a weird space to be in, you know, and in, in that regard, you know, and then trying to go, you know, no one's ever going to tell you why or how uh, he came back, you know? So all you can really do is speculate and hope someone, someone <laughs> is willing to break an NDA, which they're not going to do, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Such it a hard is interesting. Point. Because yeah. no other space works like this. I know. Well, Bruce hit it on the head here. I'm going to throw his comment up on the screen. They need a, a public relations leader. And I've said that for I've said that for five years now. That has been their major Achilles heel from day one. And the one thing they didn't identify when they bought this company from Greg is that mm-hmm. they can't communicate for shit. And I say that with love. Don't take away my press pass, please. No. <laughs> but it, it certainly would would help. And I think that it would bridge that gap, especially when we're looking at um, like transparency. That's been a huge topic of conversation this past year. And I mean, other years too, but it seems like it's been highlighted a little bit more this year that having that, that relations person. And I mean, Andrew Weinstein, he kind of serves as, as that person. He's who um, we go through when we're looking for, you know, whether it's interviews or have specific questions, but I mean, he has so many other things that he's doing that just one specific public relations person that works with all of the different um, media organizations, content creators, like people who want to work in this space. I think it it could help bridge that that gap and make things a little more um, easily digestible for the community if we communicate it. <laughs> it's a good example of... Um you know, uh, I'm gonna call it a sin left over from Greg. And I say this with total love for Greg. Like first time I met the guy, he had two different people messaging me at the same time, trying to get through to me. And it's like proof point. They had no, like there was never any thought as to how do we communicate to the outside world? They knew who they were getting when they were trying to reach me. They knew how to platform, but they just got two people that are on his team, like trying to grab me, you know? And mm-hmm. they've always been like that. They're just like, kind of willy nilly on how they communicate or they didn't at all. 
And then, you know, we sell the company and all that other uproar. Like I can see where it's been pushed back and pushed back, but man, it needs to move up the priority ladder in my opinion, or next year is going to look a lot like this year. Where do you think you're going to see, or we're going to see the sport in five years? Do you think that it will grow and we'll see these branched out jobs to be a little um, bit more professional? I hope so. I mean, I, there's so many factors that are going to play into this. Like they're, First of all, the CrossFit Games has always been a loss leader for them. They've lost money for years at that, and that's not opinion. Like I could prove that. <laughs> like, and everyone's known it, but they've drawn people into the affiliate, so it's a good problem to have. You know, you want the games, mm -hmm. and then, and I'm sure it could be profitable if they really, really wanted it to be, or supremely profitable. All that aside, um, I think they're facing some steep headwinds right now. You've had all this public sentiment. They've lost a lot of affiliates, so I hear. Um, you know. And you're in a stupid bad economy, highest inflation in 40 years. And when people yeah. have lots of money to spend, the first place they go is their disposable income. And they don't start with cable. They start with their gym memberships. And that's sad, but it's absolutely true. It's true. Yeah. So I think they're facing some steep headwinds right now as a company. It's like, you know, how do they grow this thing? Um, how much money do you invest in the games? Because that's, you know, a significant part of it. So. Assuming that, you know, the economy turns and this inflation thing doesn't get bigger than, you know, we're projecting it's going to get. Um, I think with enough companies continuing to invest in CrossFit and give them some publicity, I know everybody hates Monster, but it's going to get faces on the sport, you know, and mm -hmm. there are certainly some bigger names coming in that are going to put some faces on the sport. I think five years from now, I could, you know, I would hope back to its former glo glory uh, what I considered its peak four or five years ago. And then on a nice yeah. upward trajectory, you're also going to have all these young kids coming in that let's face it, like each one's prettier than the next. And I'm talking about the dudes, like, you know, like Peter <laughs> Magda and James Sprague, yeah. like just nice, good looking, you know, salt of the earth kids that are fit as hell. Like they're made for posters. You know, and so it's I crazy because I don't remember ever going to college with any <laughs> athletes that looked like that. Because well, <laughs> they were doing bench press and and you know front squats or whatever, but they certainly weren't doing CrossFit. So. No, no, definitely not. <laughs> but sure, so I think like this young group of athletes, you know, they're all you know so young and cute and kind of picture perfect. I think that's going to help grow the sport and the kids that are doing it at least that i see are just ravenous about crossfit content so mm -hmm. so when they stay nuts like the rest of us i think they'll spend some money and stick around you know but <laughs> i don't know we'll be welcoming to more crazy people to join us <laughs> i don't worry about it i spend more time thinking about the affiliates like i i'm mm -hmm. I, I like going to the games. I don't love watching competitive CrossFit. Like I like spending time in the affiliate. You have your L1, right? Are you coaching? You, I do. Yeah. Do I coach at my local affiliate. That's the best, right? It's, I love my 830 and my 1215 class. Like those are two of my highlights of my day. And it's so funny because I had somebody from my 830 go to my 1215 class one day and she looks at me at the end and she was like, the only thing that was the same about this class was that you were coaching, but like the, just like the groups of people are so different and you probably know, like 
each has their like pocket of their own crew and they become their own little family and just watching the way that they cheer for each other and, you know, getting people's first pull up in the open this year was just so rewarding. You give them a little cue and then they get it. And it's like, oh my God, this was the best day of their life. <laughs> well, I, I went to a class today. I've been to several times. Some of them become in part of that class family and I got the pity clap because I was doing really shitty and uh. I don't like that. <laughs> So I'm going to quit going to that class. (laughs) I was having a bad moment in the round and they're like, you can do it, John. And I'm like, shut up. We don't, we don't do that here. We do not do that. No, no. You learn which people like that and which people don't like that very quickly. Yeah, I'm not, (laughs) I I let me suffer in silence. Let me be mad at myself. Don't, don't try to buck me up. You know, you can clean up around me. You can actually leave if you want. I'll be okay in my corner of like sweat and tears. (laughs) It was a bad moment. It was too really. What was the workout? Oh, it was a bad workout. Um, Well, we did Isabel. So 30 snatches for time. I chose to exit. Yeah. And uh, it's just on a running clock. So you do Isabel. That part I did well. I PR'd 412 was my Hell Yeah. Nice. And good for you. It wasn't bad. So, it, but it was on a 10 minute clock, 10 minute time cap. So whenever you're done, you rested until the 10 minutes. Um, and then we had a short break and then we did a seven minute AMRAP. This is the part that killed me, which was uh, 60 deadlifts at 205 and then max calories in the time that's left on the echo bike. And oh, that's not pretty choose, rude. I did not choose wisely <laughs> on the weight. I thought 205 was fine. My one rep max, I should have known better. My one rep max is 385. It was 60 reps. I should have done the math. Oh, that's a pulled, lot. Yeah, and pulled it down. So instead, I broke my back spinal. It was terrible. Um, so I think I got like five calories on the bike. And then you rest five minutes, and then there's another seven minute AMRAP. So I had to oh. suck it up. Oh my God. Yeah. And the second AMRAP was a 60 calorie row. And then oh. in the remaining time, max handstand push ups. So oh, keep in wow. mind, I'd already done snatches and deadlifts and, yeah. you know, a full 30 seconds on the bike. And then, and then, <laughs> then you're going to row and then have to do handstand push ups, which I normally think I'm okay at. But after all that work, it was rough. I got 30, which I thought was okay, but it was exhausting. So that was it. You finished though. You finished and you're surviving, maybe not, not thriving today, yeah, but I'm not thriving. I'm not emotionally <laughs> over it. I'm not. It's, <laughs> it's like PTSD or I don't know what it is. It's like, I've always wondered there should be a name for like a post-wad depression that you go into and you're like, Oh, I should have, oh. I should have done something different. You know, it's but. true. And it's so weird when you talk to like non CrossFitters, like sometimes when I talk to my mom and maybe I'm in like a bad mood, Cause she's called me after like a workout that went wrong. She goes, what's your problem? Like you're very short and snippy. And I'm like, oh, mom, like I just had a really bad workout. She's like, okay. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, mom, that was like, that's what's wrong. And they just like, don't understand how that could literally ruin your day. <laughs> I actually, I got over this one pretty quick. I went into it telling myself, you know, I'd looked at my notes that morning on my snatching from 10 years ago or 11 years ago. And I can see the progress between everything in those notes to where I was today. So I'm like, at the end of the day, like if the worst part of this was that those deadlifts nearly crushed me, I pretty well know other stuff. I've come a long way. I'll work on deadlifts later. Like another decade to get good at deadlifts. It's a win. (laughs) Yeah. 
But I do think it's the beauty of CrossFit is like it can ruin your day. But if you you can also look at it and go, well, where were the wins? You know, I PR hundred percent. Yeah, and it's it can. There's a lot of empowerment there. I think of being able to look back and and see what you've done. I mean, you're coaching people. You tell me, like, um, is that, yep. So is that the is that the fun part of coaching, or is there something you like better? The fun part of coaching for me, I mean, regardless of is if they are a brand new athlete or somebody who's been there for a while, I get such joy when I can like communicate something that clicks with them because I'm somebody who, I mean, when it comes to bar muscle ups, it took like I had every other skill. I was able to physically do everything else in CrossFit, everything, like everything that we've seen right. so far, um, <laughs> because you never really know, You never know. <laughs> but like, I'm not saying everything looked good, but physically I could, you know, muscle through things, whatever. But for whatever reason, bar muscle ups, I could not figure it out. I could have seven coaches give me the same cue in a different platter, different language, and I could not make the connection. And finally, I I had a coach say something. I I can't even remember what it is. I can't even remember what I ate for breakfast today, but... (laughs) You know, they just said something that connected with me. And I'm like, oh, my God, like coaches have been saying this to me for years. But just the way you were able to connect with me worked. And now I got this skill. So I really try to figure out different ways to communicate with people that connects with them. Like, how do I need to talk to this person so that I'm breaking it down enough that makes sense? And a lot of it is I like to show them like uh, like videos um, that I found on the internet. I mean, there's so much great content out there that maybe could be like a good cue for them or just like figuring out ways that that works for them. And of course, like seeing them achieve new skills and, you know, do things that they never thought. I mean, I had somebody a couple of weeks ago say, I ran a mile without stopping for the first time in my life. Like, how cool is that? Like without CrossFit, would they have I mean, this is a person that's middle-aged. Would they ever have really done that again? Probably not. So to like sneak the running in there and now they can run for a full mile without stopping, I just think is so awesome. And they're CrossFitters, so they probably think it's normal to chalk up beforehand, which is good too. Oh, 100%. Yeah, just like wipe it everywhere, like keep it in the pockets because you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> you know, I talked to Nikki about this Um a week or two back, I do. I'd be curious on your insight. Like I, one of the interesting things I think about coaches is you guys build so many relationships. You get to, you, you mentioned earlier, like the class becomes like a little family and, yeah. um, you know, really the last couple of months, I think from a, a social standpoint outside across, it's been really tough on people, whether it's the economy mm-hmm. or, you know, decisions that have come down politically and people follow them, you know, obviously wildly different sides of the aisles. Like as a coach, how do you deal with, kind of the emotions that are coming in the door and making this, you know, the hour of their day where they can get away from that or, or even the hour of the day they're going to confide in you and they need somebody they can talk to. I would say like for me, it, it's a hard balance in the sense that I'm the type of person who I want to be everybody's friend. I love like making those connections with people and, feeling that we have that connection, that sometimes it is tough if, you know, maybe during the first five minutes where class hasn't started yet, or maybe we're warming up together and people are talking about, you know, um, like 
political situations or controversial situations and just being somebody that's like there to listen to them um, and also make sure that like members don't butt heads because I mean, you know, just with the way of the world that sometimes when people have opposing views, they're not always very civil. And um, over the past couple of years, I hadn't been working there at the time, but we had seen members leave because their views on one way or another were so strong and they didn't feel like the community was supporting them enough, I guess is like kind of a way to put it. Um, so sometimes sometimes it's hard to find that balance where you're the member's friend, you're also their coach. Sometimes you're a little bit of their therapist if they're dealing with things and they need to confide in you. And I, I like that. I I get comfort that my members um, feel comfortable confiding in me and that I can be that person for them during the hour of the day or even sometimes after class. But sometimes it is tough to to balance like where are those boundaries and how can you remain a neutral person that's still comforting to them, if that makes sense. Yeah. I, it's just such a different thing within CrossFit. Like I view, always do this in the lens of my work life. Cause I have a lot of employees and we deal with a lot of the same stuff. People coming in with mm-hmm. issues outside of work and they're bringing it into work and you want to be sympathetic, but you got a business to run you yeah. know? and, and you have relationships with these people. So you want to, you know, you also, as a human, you want to be, you know, kind and, and treat it. I, but the CrossFit is so uniquely different. And the fact that, you know, while we have all those opposing viewpoints, when we're inside the gym, we're all doing the exact same thing, at least right. you know, by degree and having that shared suffering, you know, and I, I've, al- I've always seen that it brings people close together, but you know, I've seen also seen moments in the last few years, you know, political elections are a good example where you get mm-hmm. you know, members butting heads and I'm always interested, you know, Coaches, you guys like to coach. You don't like to break up fights, you know? So I'm always curious how that feels. Luckily, I've never experienced uh, that. And as somebody who by nature is a little bit more passive, I don't know how I would handle that because I'm, I'm somebody who, if there is confrontation in front of me, I at least if it's like involving myself, I'm somebody who really likes to digest things. I'm not very reactive unless it's like my family, then we're all very (laughs) reactive. But you know, with, with other people besides my family, I really like to digest the situation. So if I were to have to break something up, man, like that, that would be really hard for me. It would be this, this, you know, kind of theme of confrontation stuff. How are you dealing with internet trolls? Are you getting any of those now? I mean, you're becoming a, Build a pretty big name for yourself. (laughs) They are always hiding in the bushes, John. (laughs) And as soon as you think they've gone, they pop right back out. Um, I mean, it's hard because like you always want to say, oh, it doesn't bother me. And for the most part, it it doesn't. But some days when it rains, it pours. And it's like the negative comments just start spiraling and it doesn't matter how many like good comments you get you focus on those like three or four (laughs) that you just can't get out of your brain and you're like wait like what did I do like I don't understand and it's like well only a couple people are saying whatever it is it it I don't know that it ever really gets easier you try to ignore it but I mean nobody wants to be told that they're doing like a crap job or you're not balanced or you're not being sensitive to, you know, whatever. 
Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, we've mentioned it, you get a lot of really strong personalities in this community that, you know, they don't want to come on air and talk, but if they have a <laughs> private account on Instagram or Reddit, they're ready to blow you up. And it's always the people that, that it never has their name in their profile and it never has a picture of them. And I'm like, who are you? Are you a robot? <laughs> yeah, I struggle with that. I have moments where, because I get a lot of, you know, hate DMs. Um, I struggle with, is it fair that people should be allowed to blow you up, you know, privately, but then, you know, there are tools that you can restrict those people. And so that's my choice, not theirs, you know, so I try to reconcile it that way. Um, and I, I'm also kind of in the camp. There are just some, you know, there's a lot of crazy people out there just venting their frustrations. And on my end, I'm just trying to remember there's somebody, an actual person on the other end. So before I blow people up, I usually give myself a second thought being a little slower on the trigger these days, <laughs> not completely. Right. And it's, it's like, yeah, there are those tools to, I mean, I know you can take commenting off or you can restrict certain accounts or restrict like people from sliding into your DMS. And anytime that that thought like might have crossed my mind, I think about all of the people that then I'm shutting out that could have like a good suggestion or could give positive feedback that could make a difference. And it's just, is although like the negative comments never stop and there's always going to be those people, I would say the positive greatly outweigh the negative. Yeah, I, uh, I agree with that completely. I don't, I never restrict comments. I just don't like to do it. Like, it's just, yeah. I, I feel like I could, to your point, I'm not going to hear the other comments I need to hear. And, and if there is truth and like, if I've done something that's offensive, I want to see enough of them to know, man, maybe I should rethink this position or at a minimum double down if I really feel strongly about it, which I have been known to do uh, sometimes as well. But I don't know. I, the internet's such a weird place. I just want people to be able to say what they want to say and let everybody else figure it out. But I know there's a lot between here and there. <laughs> there is. It's it's not always black and white. There's a lot of gray area with that kind of stuff. But yeah, I do think that it is good to have that open dialogue. Um, it's just, yeah, you never really get over when people are being downright mean. Like I'm open to conversation. If I do something wrong, I I would love for somebody and there have been people who have been like, Hey, you use this verbiage in an article you wrote. I think that, um, you didn't necessarily like mean it this way, but here is how you could improve. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, thank you. Thank you for bringing this to my attention. Like this is the only way that I can get better. And I so appreciate people who like do it in a tactful way. That's not like, Oh, you're like, a terrible human being or, you know, whatever they say. So there are good people out there. I did. Uh, I rarely get the good people. Usually it's just the ones telling me what an <laughs> asshole I am. I did a meme once. I wish I could remember what I called it, but I changed the name of it. I did a memo and it was from Eric Rosa and it was, I thought it was really funny, but it was outlining all the things that you could no longer say within CrossFit. And one of them, I changed a salt yeah. bikes name to, I don't know. I don't even remember what I changed it to, but it, I thought it was pretty innocent because then, you know, the name assault sounds violent. So I wanted to make the point that they should change, you know, humorously should change their name and I had two or three other things. Like you couldn't say thruster anymore, you know, hmm. one, uh, or a few others. Uh, anyway, man, I got blown up in the comments from women saying that I was making fun of sexual assault abuse, which I wasn't. But I also want to be sensitive uh, sometimes to like 
the visibility of a word like a, a word like that assault can be very traumatic for people that have been through trauma you know mm-hmm. but what i don't get is people emailing me like you're describing going hey john you might want to rethink this position usually it's in the comments <laughs> like hey woolly go fuck yourself like you know well, I'm not saying that, that that that's like less common than not, but there are some people that will like take that extra step to be a nice human. But um, yeah, uh, it's so hard, especially when like you and again, like I, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but like maybe you've never experienced assault in your life. So when you're writing these memes, you're not looking at it through that lens. You're looking at it through like, oh, this is going to be like so funny. Like people are going to relate to this on like the way that I am. And then, sorry, the dogs are getting crazy (laughs) over a bone back there. Um, (laughs) It's so hard when, you know, you haven't lived all of these other experiences that things can be taken a different way by, you know, whatever situation people are dealing with. Well, the problem with Instagram and Twitter too, Instagram's easier to manage than Twitter because you can get more characters, but you know, particularly <laughs> when you're doing, when you're doing memes, you know, you have to be succinct or it's not funny. And I, I sure. believe the point of memes anyway is satire. You should be able to poke fun at the establishment, at top athletes, at, you know, even if you want to, you know, tell your side of a political story, you can do it through humor, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I am also very cautious of like specific words I use. Um, and I try to be, but you know, I, I've kind of gotten to the point now where I think it doesn't matter what word you choose. There's at least 1% of the population that's going to tell you to go screw yourself. Like guaranteed, you know, so not everybody is always going to love you, but they should, they should. I know. No. <laughs> they no. should. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right about that. And I, you know, I get that. It's just like, I don't know. I just always, I see you guys get blown up a lot. I'm just always curious how it feels like you guys are, you know, I'm not even getting paid to do this. I just do it because I like to talk, but (laughs) you know, you guys, it's like a real job. You're reporting real stuff. And you know, sometimes the comment section of morning chalk up gets a little rough. Yeah. Well, and it's so, so hard because the more that I put myself out there on like different platforms and like trying to grow the YouTube page, the more I feel like maybe it is a little bit my, um, I don't know if like saying it's my duty, but it's a little bit my job, maybe a little bit, this is all in my head, but I want to continue the conversation with people. So when I see something in the comment section that is just downright wrong or, like, I think that there's like a counter argument. I want to have that conversation, but I have found myself like going in the comment section, I'll answer three people and I can already feel myself getting worked up <laughs> because I feel like I've given them like all the facts, like I've explained myself, but then they just come right back with it. And I'm like, okay, there's no getting through to this person. I'm, I'm giving them more than what I can right, right now because like this has now ruined my day. <laughs> right. Yeah, there's a few of you guys over at Morning Chalk Up like to do that. Tommy loves to do that. Loves Oh it. yeah. <laughs> he loves the comment section. Tommy's a little spitfire. He's just like bing, 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 bing. I'm like, Yeah, so does Patrick. Like- <laughs> Patrick loves it too. He loves yeah. the Every time I'm over, I'm like, you can guarantee Patrick's gonna be in the comments telling someone what that article actually meant, you know? Yes, yes. <laughs> They're both like mic drop. And I'm like, yeah. man, I gotta get better at that. <laughs> yeah, no, it like it's just it's I don't know. Some days are tougher than others. I'm just always amused by how hard it is for you guys to like tell a story without somebody complaining. You know, like I read stuff and I'm a fast reader. 
uh, but I feel like I can pick contact up context up pretty quick. And so I, the ones that amuse me the most, or you'll have one that's a blatant ad, like for eight sleep, it's like a mattress and you got some athlete on the mattress <laughs> asleep and it says hashtag ad and right. people inevitably will come in the comments acting like they can't believe you guys are trying to earn money. I'm like, come on. Like, like hmm. <laughs> just bizarre to me. Right. <laughs> Totally bizarre. Hey, speaking of your YouTube channel, which you mentioned, you guys went off the air over the weekend. You went dark. What happened? Oh, my God. Well, you know, the last chance qualifier just wrapped up. I'm like getting on the YouTube channel, trying to get things organized and I'm locked out. And I'm like, OK, wait, what 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 is going on right now? So I get into my personal account and I search for it and nothing comes up. Just anytime morning chalk up was mentioned right. and other YouTubes is coming up and I'm like, okay, like something is so weird. What, what the heck is going on? I'm messaging people at this point. It's late at night. People are asleep. And I'm like, okay, like it's fine. Deal with it in the morning. I wake up. It's not dealt with in the morning. Like the same thing. I'm still locked out, whatever. So apparently somebody um, had reported us that there was nudity or sexually explicit content on the YouTube page. There we go. Um, yeah. So I don't know like what that's about, but essentially YouTube's policy is, it seems like they are pretty strict about it that they get, whether it's one complaint or multiple complaints and then without um, being able to prove yourself, they just shut it down until they can verify it. And obviously it was a holiday weekend. So we're kind of scrambling. Like, do we know anybody from Google or YouTube that we can reach out to, to try to resolve this? But yeah, we, we went dark and I was very nervous that we weren't going to go undark. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody posted a nudie pics of Justin. What the hell? Yeah, I'm like, that should get you banned. That should get you banned. (laughs) Well, it's funny because there actually was one episode that I was in a tank top, and the way that our like video is, it's a like you've seen them before. It's a pretty tight shot, and the way that my hair was over my tank top, one of oh Patrick PC Mm -hmm. and the pubs, he was like, "Did you do that episode without a shirt on?" Like. Obviously not, but just the way my hair was over my tank top and you couldn't see anything else. So in my head, I'm like, okay, that's like the only way that somebody could actually like maybe think something, but there's like no nudes on there. There's like barely any cleavage on there. Like that show is clean. (laughs) I'll tell you, that is weird that somebody would report that. Very weird. But again, I... It could, it honestly just could be the trolls of the internet trying to get us shut down. Maybe. It's just so bizarre to me that someone would take that time. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how you guys run the business. Maybe you're out there trying to create enemies. I don't know. I don't know what you're trying to do. I'm not. I swear. (laughs) It seems weird to me that someone would take the time and go, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to try to get these guys kicked off the air. Like, I got plenty of people I don't agree with. I wouldn't even consider trying to do that. Like, it's just dumb. Like, you disagree with someone, who gives a shit? You have your opinion. They have theirs. They have every right to theirs. You have every right to yours. Live with it. Or, like, don't follow the channel. If you don't like the content, like... I'm okay that not everybody is going to like it. There's there's other platforms that you can go watch to get what you need. Yeah. 
That's I would love everybody to love the morning chalk ups channel that I'm doing, but I get not everybody's going to love it. So instead of reporting it or again, like maybe they did have a reason that I'll never know, but. Well, to answer, to answer a question you asked earlier, where do I think CrossFit will be in five years? I hope what we'll see is like all these channels that are putting out content. Cause it's a lot of great channels. You guys do great work. Sean and Tommy do great work. No one will mm-hmm. believe I said this, but Savon's group does great work. Hiller's doing great work. Like there's a lot of like differing opinions right now that have not been in the space for a while. And I hope five years Mm -hmm. from now, that's still the case that it hasn't become, you know, the ESPN of CrossFit news and all you get like kind of the sanitized version. I like the community aspect of everyone telling a different story and you can piece it together on your own and figure out who you want Mm -hmm. to listen to. If you don't like what I'm saying, go to somebody else and vice versa. You know, it's right. It's a very diverse space. I feel like you get, so many different personalities and different content from all of the creators out there, which is so cool. Yeah. Well, hopefully it'll continue to do that. We'll see. I'm excited to see who is at the games this year. There's you, you know, sounds like it's sold out, going to be packed. A lot of yeah. people running around and be a good chance to meet a bunch of people and, and see who's up and coming. Yeah. You know? Where are you going to be posted up? I have no idea. No idea. <laughs> I'm just showing up. Uh, same. Well, I mean, I bought my tickets a couple months ago, but now I have the media pass. It's like that only helps oh. me get in earlier. So I don't have any intention of um, podcasting. Like I don't, I'm, I never use the events for that. Like I like to go around and meet people and like, yeah. you know, like, I've never met you in person. So, you know, plenty of, you know, people I just don't get to see very often. And mm-hmm. I love just hanging out in the community and finding out what people are talking about. Like that's where I get kind of all my ideas for content, whether it's for the podcast or the page. You know, yeah, yeah, it's good. And, you know, I run into the occasional person that wants to threaten me. That's all right, too. So <laughs> find me. I'll be your bodyguard. Bam, hey, bam, bam. Yeah, well, <laughs> they, have, they have metal detectors at the game, so I'm not worried. It's all good. <laughs> You'll be set. You're fine. <laughs> the, well, the funny thing is, for all this talk of trolls, no one's ever mean in person. You know, it's really interesting. I've, I've never experienced a mean person in the community in person. Like if they don't like you, they just mm-hmm. won't talk to you, which is totally cool. Yeah. You know, and those that like you want to talk to you. It's like, it's the way life should be. You know, <laughs> I say that someone's going to kick my ass at the games this year. And oh, right, right, right. <laughs> we'll have to circle back to see if anything happens. <laughs> well, if it did, you broke the story. You can just tell people yeah. you broke the story. It happened here first. <laughs> well, now, now that you guys are back on the air, what's next? We have coming up. Oh, man, we had um, an episode go live actually once you and I started tonight, just kind of talking about if the last chance qualifier um, advanced the correct athletes to the games. So that was our most recent episode. And then just a ton of games coverage from now for the next two, three weeks. And then we'll be in Madison trying to pump as much content as you could squeeze out of me. There you go. (laughs) Well, if anyone had listened to this show a week ago, I called Tim Paulson and Koski. Yeah. Ooh. Now, I also had James Sprague in the mix, and James didn't finish quite as high as I thought he did, although he did great. Yeah. Um, I was, you know, a little floored on the women's side. Uh, I mean, not floored, but I the woman that finished second, I don't know her at all, and that's unusual for me to not know someone. So it's really exciting mm-hmm. to see some new, new fresh faces coming in. So good stuff. New blood at the CrossFit Games. We love to see that. 
such young. They're all so young. I don't like I it. I know. I know. They're like so it. young, but they're going to be in the sport for a while. So well, got to get to know them now. Fingers crossed. Well, thanks for joining. It's been fun. Yeah, this is so fun, John. I'm so glad we could hang out for a little bit before we then meet in Madison. I know. We should have changed your name to New Nikki. That would have been awesome. <laughs> Next time. <laughs> no, because then she's going to hunt me down. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get the three of us together in Madison so nobody knows. Everybody knows no one got killed in this deal. It would be perfect. Perfect. I'm down for that. <laughs> All right. Well, we appreciate everybody joining. And uh, Nikki will be back next week. She's on vacation. I give her a week off every once in a while. So we will <laughs> chat with you guys soon.